The rest of the NFL seems to be interested in what the Colts are doing behind the scenes, and Indy might have to replace some valued members as a result. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in and making us what's likely to be your last listener of the day. <laughs> Thanks for your patience. We're obviously coming to you a little later today. Uh, but this is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Jake Arthur and Zach Hicks from HorseshoeHuddle.com. And today we are going to bring you the, the latest scuttlebutt from around the league that kind of involves the Colts. Uh, people, you know, this is not the first offseason that's happening, but it seems to be kind of picking up a, a bit of steam. Uh, but the rest of the league seems to be digging what the Colts have got behind the scenes. Uh, offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter, uh, he is rumored to be uh, in the mix in Philadelphia uh, if if Brian Johnson departs. You know, Nick Sirianni is looks like he's going to be back. Uh, but Jim Bob Cooter was an offensive consultant back in 2021-22. Um, so there, there's history there. They might want to bring him back. Uh, and then Ed Dodds has uh, had some conversations around the league with a few teams about filling their general manager vacancies. So uh, he's a hot commodity. He's gotten several interviews in, in recent off seasons, uh, but it's kind of picking up a little bit this year. Uh, and then lastly, there was a kind of a big move in the AFC South uh, just tonight. Uh, the Titans have gone ahead and filled their head coaching vacancy with Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan, which, you know, sucks because it's the Titans making a, a decent hire. I, I don't hate that for them. You hate to see the competition kind of raising the stakes a little bit, but that's what the Titans have done. Uh, so, Zach, let's go ahead and dive into to Ed Dodds first. He's had conversations with the Raiders, Chargers, and Panthers. We can go ahead and cross the Panthers off the list because as of today, they have promoted from within, and Dan Morgan is their new general manager. Uh, but the Raiders and Chargers, that's a couple intriguing landing spots. And honestly, it seemed like the two more likely spots to begin with. Yeah, it looks like uh, the Raiders have slimmed down their list to three guys, and Dodds has made that final three there with the Raiders. I believe it was uh, Champ Kelly who was one of their inside, one of their guys that was in house along mm -hmm. with Dodds, and I can't remember who the third candidate was, but they they have they have slimmed their list down to three, and then the the Los Angeles Chargers, the team that everyone's kind of connecting Jim Harbaugh to, is in the mix with Ed Dodds, and Ed Dodds has been connected to Jim Harbaugh for years. I mean, that's what everyone has kind of said across all of uh and you know every single off season where Dodds has had interest from other teams they said whatever team Jim Harbaugh goes to is likely where Ed Dodds is going so i do think this is a little bit different for Dodds compared to the the most recent years where you know he interviewed i don't think he ever got super far in any 
in any of the interviews. I mean, I think with the Raiders last year or two years ago, he finished a second for them. Uh, but outside of that, he never really got too close to getting the job. The, these two spots feel like very, very good chances, though. Like, again, with the Raiders, he's in the final three, and they obviously liked them a couple of years ago as well. And then the Chargers, if they're going for Jim Harbaugh, you know, again, it looks like Ed Dodds is a big candidate for that as well. So, yeah, I do think there's more. I, I don't want to say fear, but there's more of a chance of losing Ed Dodds this year than there really ever has been in the Chris Ballard tenure with with Dodds as the second guy in charge. I'd agree. It's it seems a lot more likely this time around. And there's there's really not much not to like about Dodds. He's really well respected around the league. Uh, but just from my interactions with him and, and just observing him, he I think he's the type of guy who he's not going to be a yes man. And he's, he's not going to be a BSer. Like, yeah. Any team that wants to hire a yes man or someone who just falls in line with their new high powered head coach or anything, that's not going to be him. And I think that's why he's withdrawn his name uh, from some vacancies in the past. So uh, perhaps this year is, is the year that all changes. But uh, he, he's been involved in, in some really uh, big moves for the Colts. He's been there since 2017 with Chris Ballard, been the right hand man. You know, some of the, the impressive day three picks they've come away with, Grover Stewart, EJ Speed, Anthony Walker, Zaire Franklin, Will Fries, uh, lots of big free agents, and, and you could throw some trades in there as well. Uh, so it's it's hard to exactly know what all impact specifically the assistant GM has, but I think he's uh, he's very involved in kind of like assigning homework and, and giving scouts and everyone tasks, helps oversee free agency and, and things like that. Uh, so he's been very well involved. Uh, now you and I are kind of intrigued by. Let's just say that he gets a gets a, an outside job this off season. Some of the in house guys that could come in and replace him. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the very very obvious one is Morocco Brown is due for that bump in role yet again. Obviously, the Colts have shown to the, across the whole league. I mean, multiple years in a row now, how much they value Morocco Brown. Morocco Brown has gotten GM interviews in the past. He's been part of the NFL's accelerator program for minority candidates. Uh, when it comes to, you know, GM acceleration and growth, uh, the Colts have promoted him from, I think he was the, the director of player personnel or director of college scouting. I can't remember which one it was, but he was that uh, like two years ago for the Colts. He got moved up to chief personnel executive to kind of give him more of a presence within the organization and give him more control over, you know, more than just the players and more than just uh, college scouting. He got more of a hand in how the Colts operate every part of the business, kind of grooming him for that second in command role for the eventual day that Ed Dodds left. So if Dodds does get one of these two jobs, it's very, very logical that Morocco Brown is the next guy up. Uh, he's a fantastic, fantastic scout. I mean, he's had a huge hand in some of the Colts' biggest drafts. I mean, I want to say that Anthony Richardson was obviously his biggest guy. Like, that was who he was really in on. Josh Downs was one of his bigger guys. And Dio Dangbo, the, the guy we all love here on this podcast, Dio Dangbo. Um, Rocco Brown coined the Hurricane Dio uh, phrase there on with the first pick or with the next pick. So, yeah, Morocco Brown, I think, would be a fantastic number two here in Indy. And and look, he might not be Ed Dodds because the, the, the best thing about Ed Dodds is his relationships around the league and, and how he's known around the league across from agents and from scouts as a guy who will just never give you any BS at all. Like he is a straight shooter, very calm, collected, old school scout. I'm not saying Morocco Brown isn't those things, but, you know, he, he brings another perspective to 
that number two position, maybe even more energy, maybe more uh, going on the road and watching watching players because that's what Morocco Brown's done for the Colts for years. Even with this new chief personnel executive role that he has right now, he still goes on the road and he watched almost every single game of Anthony Richardson's live last year to get that feel for Richardson because he still wants to be on the road and do those things. So I think he just brings a different you know, different element to that number two role if he were to get it, if Dodds were to go for a GM role. And and I think Rocco Brown would be fantastic as that number two guy. Yeah, I think for the vast majority of his time with the Colts, he was kind of in charge of the undrafted free agent process. Yes. Uh, that that yes. was He had a big hand in that. And the Colts, as we know, they had that streak of like 21 years in a row where they had a, a UDFA make the, the day one roster. Uh, he he came away with some gems, and I think he's obviously gotten more involved with these promotions the last couple of years. Uh, another guy I would throw his name in there, and he's a lot more behind the scenes, Kevin Rogers, yeah. uh, their director of player personnel. He's obviously not as out in the open. Anytime you're ever going to see him is in that with the next pick. They, they interview him a couple of times, uh, but he's always been a very influential person in that in that scouting department as well. So keep an eye on that. Now, coming up, we're going to talk about someone else who has eyes and some suitors from around the league, and that is offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? Well, LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with, and that's why they've created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. They actually have a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates to choose from. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats nowadays, and they may not actually have the time and resources to actually focus on the hiring. So LinkedIn Jobs kind of does that for you. Thankfully, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Just post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So everyone's I'll I'll start us off here. Don't okay, you sorry, worry. sorry. I usually <laughs> no, my fault, my fault. But yeah, I, I was no, just so excited to talk Jim Bob Cooter here. It's a very right? interesting topic. Everyone's favorite name in the NFL, old JBC. So Colts offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter. Obviously not the play caller. Shane Steichen is, uh, but he's someone who has carried a lot of weight and respect around the league for a while. You know, he kind of broke on, onto the scene with the Detroit Lions back in the day with Matthew Stafford. Calvin Johnson uh, was the OC and play caller there. Has bounced around a little bit. Uh, Jaguars, Eagles, uh, before landing back with the Colts. Uh, but he is someone who I, I think the only place he might go this offseason is with the Eagles, if that all kind of unfolds how people have rumored it to. Um but yeah, I don't know. Jim Bob Cooter and and uh, Brian Johnson from the Eagles. There's a whole thing there. I, I think the first domino everyone is waiting to see is if is Nick Sirianni even going to remain the head coach with the Eagles, and it looks like it is. Uh, but other changes could be coming. Yeah, I, th- I think the big thing to keep in mind though with Jim Bob Cooter potentially departing, and you know, again, there's a lot of dominoes that have to fall here. Nick Sirianni is like 99.9% sure he's going to be back with the Eagles. Uh, It looks like their offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson, will be out there. I think they're still waiting to see what they fully want to do with their staff before uh, making that ultimate move because, look, if they whiff on some other guys, they might bring Brian Johnson back, which I'm assuming would be a mess. But 
I digress. I digress. We're, we're talking Jim Bob Cooter here. The interesting thing about Jim Bob Cooter to potentially going out that way to Philly to be their Parme or play caller is that would be a lateral move. Now, I have dug into the NFL rules on this a lot in the last couple of days because it's a very interesting thing. I have no clue if, <laughs> if like the Colts, I, I, I'm pretty sure the Colts can block this because he is moving to a lateral position. But the, the way the rule got updated in 2020 is that if a play, if a coach is going from not being the primary play designer and play caller to an elevated role where they are having that, then you can't block that. But that mostly applies to passing game coordinators and run game coordinators and not offensive coordinator to offensive coordinator. So if, if someone can understand the rule a little bit more than me, please let me know. But I do think the Colts do have the opportunity to block that. Uh, which is interesting because we have seen the Colts in recent years uh, elect to not block certain lateral moves from their staffers. Uh, I mean, when Sirianni just poached the entire staff from the Colts offense, when he went out to Philly, Indy didn't block any of those or really didn't even put up much of a fight to keep those guys here. And Frank Reich ended up hiring a whole new staff under him. And that was a disaster, which led to his firing. So maybe the Colts see that as like, okay, we want to keep the continuity with Anthony Richardson. We want to block it and keep Jim Bob Cooter here. But again, we have an organization with the Colts where they typically like to do right by their by their coordinators and coaches. And if they see a better opportunity for their guy elsewhere, where, you know, again, Jim Bob Cooter, it may not be a role increase in terms of like actual title, but him getting play calling opportunities would be a big thing for him. They might not block that and elect to just do something else with that position. So Again, this is pure speculation here. We don't know if Jim Bob Cooter will end up getting an offer from Philly or if Philly will even open up that position and be interested in Cooter. Uh, this was reported by Mike Garofolo, though, of NFL Network, so that's why we are talking about it here. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's a possibility. I'm not going to say this one's nearly as likely as Ed Dodds leaving Indy, but I do think Jim Bob Cooter, you know, if he's going to leave the Colts at all this offseason, I'm saying there's a non-zero percent chance that he could end up in Philly and be in their play caller there. Yeah, I think that's the only scenario where it would happen is if he actually got play calling duties, which Nick Sirianni has obviously relinquished in recent years. Right. He would uh, give it so, up. Yeah, he would definitely yeah. give it up. So that yeah. sorry, my dog is doing the most right now and she is driving me insane today. Uh but no, I, I think I don't think the Colts would necessarily block that because it's a good opportunity for that. They do want continuity, but if if he's given a chance to have more responsibility. Maybe slap like assistant head coach label on there. Apparently, as well. apparently that doesn't apply to the blocking the assistant doesn't. head coach label. Apparently, it doesn't. I was reading the rules thoroughly, so yeah, yes, yeah, it it kind of bans the usage of like fake titles like that to make to show like an mm -hmm. increased role. So again, I, I had to keep digging into the rules and more and stuff like that. But I do believe the Colts can block it. But again, mm -hmm. they typically they've typically shown good graces to coaches in lateral moves for yeah. new opportunities. And, you know, again, if he gets a bigger, like, monetary offer, too, they typically like to show the good graces and let him go that way. So mm. uh, this is purely speculation. Uh, we don't know if Jim Bob Cooter will be leaving Indy. But just in case, we do have a list of names here, uh, potential replacements, a couple in-house guys in tight end coach Tom Manning, quarterback coach Cam Turner. And then the weirdest one, I mean, Brian Johnson could come to Indy as Indy's offensive coordinator if he gets yeah. let go. I think that would be the weirdest scenario there. It, 
pretty much an unheard of thing, but it could happen. And then the last one I threw on here was Ravens quarterback coach T. Martin, who Mm -hmm. uh, was interviewed last year for the Colts offense coordinator position, obviously well-respected by the Colts and Shane Steichen. And I think that would be a really interesting addition there. But any of these names pop out to you, Jake, here? These were my names that I mentioned in an article recently for Horseshoe Huddle and and kind of talked about um, being potential next guys up if Jim Bob Cooter leaves to go to Philly. Yeah, I think those make a lot of sense. Manning, I I know, like as a tight ends coach in the NFL, people may think it's unlikely, but he has been offensive coordinator in college. Yeah, uh, so he's done that before. Brian Johnson, as a non play caller, could be all right. Uh, there are actually pretty deep ties there. He was Anthony Richardson's quarterback coach at Florida in 2020, uh, and then went to the Eagles and was quarterback's coach for them under Shane Steichen when Steichen was OC uh, from 2021 to 2022. So there are ties there, and um, Johnson had glowing reviews of Richardson uh, when Steichen was doing his research before they they selected him. So that's a possibility. T. Martin, I really like that one a lot uh, because the Colts obviously did look into that last year before going with Jim Bob Cooter. T. Martin has obviously done excellent things with that Ravens offense. For me, I mean, an offense that constantly seems to be lacking a dominant running back and still makes it work with their quarterback who everyone knows can run. And I think the the passing game is – I've probably been more impressed with Baltimore's passing game now than I ever have in in Jackson's tenure as the quarterback. And that's not against Jackson. It's just – what they've been able to do to make it successful yeah. and with who. Um, so I really like that. Martin is is very interesting to me. Yeah, I think uh, just for me to add on here real quick, I think Manning and Martin would be my top two guys, Tom Manning and T. Martin. Yeah. Uh, Tom Manning, I, I think, is pretty evident why I like him. I've been really vocal about that. Uh, <laughs> when you look at this Colts offense this past season with a lot of the pistol stuff they were doing, with a lot of the motion stuff they were doing, uh, with a lot of the little wrinkles they added on top of what Shane Steichen brought from Philly, you see Tom Manning's fingerprints all over this offense. I think, mm-hmm. honestly, if I had to just kind of guess on how the offense went down, especially in the passing game and formations-wise, I think Jim Bob Cooter and Shane Steichen were installing a lot of what Philly was doing, and then Tom, and then Tom Manning was bringing a lot of those Iowa State staples that he had from the pistol, from uh, just dressing the RPO game to make things look different, from the motion game, uh, doing a lot of 13 personnel stuff, which Philly didn't really do. I think Tom Manning brought a lot of that to the offense and added a lot of really cool wrinkles as just that new outside voice bringing some college football to their offense for their young quarterback. So I do think that's a logical move right there. If they were to lose Jim Bob Cooter, Tom Manning bumps up, can kind of keep installing some more of these Again, college type stuff to the offense to allow uh, Anthony Richardson to grow from there. Uh, but T. Martin, I think, would be my top candidate for it just because T. Martin's coming from a team in Baltimore where this 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 is finally the year where Lamar Jackson was able to protect himself as a runner and take that next step as a pocket passer with a more advanced scheme while still doing a lot of things that the Colts like to do up front. Again, 12 personnel, 11 personnel, pistol formations to utilize the quarterback's legs and throwing ability. Um, I, I do think that he could bring a lot of that stuff there. And most importantly, maybe show uh, Anthony Richardson how Lamar Jackson is able to protect himself with, mm-hmm. you know, again, throttling down when he's seeing guys closing in 
getting down before he's taken that big hit and protecting his body so he can, you know, go a whole season, still running the ball for 800 yards, but not getting injured as much as he had in years past. I think T. Martin would be a great outside mind just for offensive wrinkles and for that quarterback aspect there. But you guys can let us know what you think in the comment section because coming up, we're going to switch gears. We're going to keep it in the AFC South. We're going to go from talking Colts to Tennessee Titans, the Colts' rivals, who finally have their new head coach in Brian Callahan. But first, the NFL season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 back in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use. There are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You guys can find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, and it's the best way to find those popular parlays and even more. So visit Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Alrighty, guys, you guys know on, on this show, we like to keep everything Colts related. We don't even really care too much about division rivals typically, but uh, this one just happened right before we recorded. It's very relevant to the Colts and the AFC South going forward. And that is the Tennessee Titans have found their new head coach in Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan, a guy who finished, what, third or fourth in the Colts race last year. I know he got uh, a third, and I want to say he got a third interview with the Colts mm-hmm. last year. He was part of that last group, I think. Uh, yeah, it was either the last group or the second to last group. I can't remember. I think Morrison Steichen went four interviews, which is absolutely insane. <laughs> like, I, I think there, those two's interviews ended up going like a grand total of like 30 hours spent with the Colts. But I digress. Getting back to Brian Callahan, this is a really interesting move, I think, for the Tennessee Titans. And I want to get your thoughts on it here, Jake, too, because when I look at what the Tennessee Titans have done under Mike Vrabel the last couple of years, and I look at what the Bengals have done under uh, Brian Callahan and Zach Taylor, those offenses could not have any more different, like, philosophies or just ways they do business the Tennessee Titans everything's under center everything's the under center play action game leaning on Derrick Henry in the power run game get that going downhill and then build play action off of it then when you look at Brian Callahan and Zach Taylor they basically crafted the LSU championship offense there and not just with the two players that they brought in uh, but with the way that they run that offense which is Almost everything's out of the out of shotgun. I think they were the second most shotgun heavy team in football last year at like a 73% clip. Uh, they ran almost exclusive 11 personnel. So just the one tight end on the field compared to the Titans running a lot of 12 personnel. Uh, they're Again, they're never under center at all. And a lot of their run game is built out of the gun. So when you look at like just what identity change this Titans offense needs to go under with Brian, with Brian Callahan, assuming that he brings what he was doing in Cincinnati to uh, Tennessee, it's going to be a very, very big culture shock for the Titans. And I'm really curious to see how they handle that. Yeah, I think we're about to see a big change there because first GM Rand Carthon probably, you know, just a fresh perspective to go along with him only a year into the job. It seems, I don't know, just reading between the lines, it seems like they wanted a more collaborative effort between head coach and GM perhaps. Uh, but I mean, the writing's also been on the wall that Derrick Henry might not be there anymore either come next year. Yeah. You know, he went and he went and thanked everyone who's ever worked with the Titans already. Like it's about to probably start getting drastically different. They might start leaning more, you know, pass heavy with Ty J Spears as the primary guy. And then they have like a between the tackles runner uh, to spell him. So I think it's going to start looking drastically different. 
they're going to want to surround him with more weapons. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is not, you know, he's long in the tooth. He's not going to be there forever. Uh, so I think their offense is about to start looking much, much different. And much like how we talked about Callahan last year, it's time to get, you know, a younger, fresh offensive mind in there just to kind of bring the Titans up to modern football. Because it did work with Derrick Henry for a while in that play-action offense. It worked because Derrick Henry is an alien. But it's just clearly not – that. that's just not the way it's going to be anymore. Uh, so I'm, I think this was a really good move for them. I mean, it's great for the development of Will Levis. Obviously, that's someone they're going to move forward with. I think he showed enough as a rookie. I mean, Joe Burrow was already that dude when he came to the NFL. But, like, look at Jake Browning. Not a single person expected that from them. And it, Browning didn't just cook the Colts. Like, he looked great for his first several games. He played really, really good football. And, I mean, Callahan had to have a heavy hand in that. So, the, are, are they going to go and make themselves a carbon copy of the Bengals offense? Probably not. Like, you have to have the personnel to do that. But in order to make a drastic change offensively, like they know they're going to have to do, you might as well just wipe the slate clean and get someone in there who just came from a very successful offense. Yeah, and I think some more uh, additional just interesting nuggets to throw at this hire here, which, I, again, maybe they're just interesting to me, but I think they're really interesting, is uh, I would say it's very, very likely that Brian Callahan's dad, Bill Callahan, mm -hmm. will follow him to the Titans, which is massive for a team that had arguably the worst offensive line in all of football last year. Yeah. To get someone of Bill Callahan's reputation who – I mean, I think inarguably he's what the second best offensive line coach in football. I guess oh, yeah. you could you could argue he's over Jeff Stoutland there in Philly, but I mean, like Bill Callahan's been doing this for a long time. He's had a lot of success where he's gone. Uh, so if he can get his dad to come coach offensive line and be an assistant head coach uh, in some capacity as well, uh, that would be a huge win for just the Titans getting that offense back on track. But the other interesting aspect of this is Will Levis. The whole Will Levis aspect of it, where Levis had a lot of NFL coaching at Kentucky. Now I'm not going to say it was good NFL coaching at Kentucky, <laughs> but uh, he had NFL coaching at Kentucky, mostly from the Kyle Shanahan type tree of coaching, you know, that under center type stuff, play action, long stretch plays and in building the play action off of under center stuff. And then his one year in the NFL, you know, the, the handful of starts he got was again in more of like that, that Bill Belichick, not Bill Belichick, but that, you know, that kind of Patriot style offense, which is again, it's more under center type stuff, um, more traditional type offense under center. Uh, so now he's going to go to this offense where again, like you said, it's, it's not going to be a carbon copy of what the Bengals were doing, but I'm assuming they're going to be a pretty heavy shotgun team. Like they're they're going to be moving forward into the future, which is more shotgun type stuff. Uh, maybe they'll build, you know, some play action from under center, but it's going to be a lot more shotgun, especially with Spears as your lead back. Uh, you're going to maybe do some more pistol stuff. And that's something that Levis really hasn't done a ton of maybe since his Penn State days where he really wasn't a full time quarterback. He was more of that wildcat kind of quarterback uh, that came in every now and then. So I'm really intrigued to see what the Titans are going to do with this. I think Brian Callahan's a good candidate. I love his his background. I like that he can most likely bring his dad with him. Uh, and yeah, I, you know, I'm not going to say the Tennessee Titans are this huge threat next season to win the division, but I wouldn't completely count them out. They got talent on that team. They got talent on defense. And if Callahan can even be a little bit as good as Mike Frable in his first year, yeah, they can be a team that competes for the division, you know, going into next year, all depending on what they get out of the quarterback position. But um, I like this hire for the Titans. I think they're going to be a competitive team, maybe not to the same level as the, the Texans with Stroud or 
you know, even the Jaguars to a degree with with uh, Lawrence that they can figure some things out or the Colts <laughs> with Richardson if Richardson gets to stay healthy. Um, but I do think this, you know, this brings them a little bit forward to the future and makes them more in line with what the rest of the division is doing, which is explosive young football and, and getting things going. Yeah, they they really risked falling behind by making the wrong hire here. And I, I think they are falling in line. Obviously, CJ Stroud and D'Amico Ryans are going nowhere. Things are getting interesting in Jacksonville, but I'm not going to count out Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson yet. Obviously, we think the world of what the Colts are, are doing in the future, but right, uh, really solid. He's got a, a good track record. He's worked with Matthew Stafford when Derek Carr was perhaps at his best or you know, getting started into his prime. Uh, Peyton Manning has given him the seal of approval. I know that, that carried a lot of weight going into uh, the evaluation with the Colts last year, but Good hire, unfortunately, for the Titans uh, from a Colts perspective. But, yeah. Uh, so I think that is it for us tonight, everybody. Uh, after this, be sure to go check out uh, Locked On Sports Today. That's the very first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Uh, we cover the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus the national shows covering every league. Just go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And if you don't already, follow at Locked On Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, and at Zach Hicks, too, on Twitter. Also, be sure to subscribe on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, I just wanted to give everybody a nice little shout out here. Um, obviously, you know, Sports Illustrated, there was, you know, some some unfortunate things that went on there with, with uh, recent layoffs. Um, a lot of people have been checking in on Zach and I, obviously horseshoe huddle is under that umbrella with fan nation. Um, we've, you know, we've gotten back to pretty much everybody we can, we can get back to. Thank you guys for your concern. We are, we're in good shape. Uh, horseshoe huddle is good. So I'm speaking for everybody there, you know, uh, me, me, Zach and Andrew, Drake, Dave, everybody. Uh, thank you for checking in on us. We're in good shape though. Uh, just an unfortunate part of the business sometimes, but uh, do not worry about us. We are uh, we are all set for now. So with that, we will see you guys tomorrow.